This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Couvert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Good morning and welcome back to Solid Foundation Ministries. I told you last week that I was moving my ministry under Victory Baptist Church in Hickory. We have done so and we had a great surprise in our first service. Pastor Tom Wallace had posted on Facebook the subjects he intended to cover in the month of May. A small group of liberals complained and made threats to the hotel where we were meeting, and they kicked us out. Fortunately for us, the manager disagreed with the decisions which came from higher up to her and allowed us to meet this past Sunday. At the time I re I'm recording this, I can't tell you where we will be meeting next week or this, this Sunday, I guess I should say. But you can find out by going to the church website, victoryforhickory.tv. Now that's victory for the number four, hickory.tv. Because it is best that there is only one spokesman for this issue, I'm going to play what Pastor Tom said about the situation, and then I'll share a few uh, scriptures and my thoughts on them about how Christians should respond to this type of thing. Well, folks, we are, uh, as you know, starting a church in Hickory, North Carolina. We're a young church. We officially had our first service, Victory Baptist Church, meeting in a hotel in Hickory. And it was hard to find a meeting place. Meeting places are quite scarce given COVID and all that kind of stuff. They're usually going to uh, schools or libraries and that type of stuff. And when you're a young church, uh, renting a storefront uh, creates a great deal of difficulty. Well, we had a very interesting morning on Mother's Day. Mother's Day, one of the great days of the year, a great time to honor moms. We had a good attendance for for that day, a number of visitors. But an hour before services were to begin, we received shocking news from the hotel. Apparently, the hotel has been receiving threats from a small group of liberals who have been threatening them to say that you better kick out this church from your group. They're racist, they're bigots, they're a menace to society, and you better kick them out. And that's exactly what the hotel has decided to do an hour before our services, we were informed that our reservation had been canceled, even though we set up our for church the night before. They said that they emailed us earlier in the week. We never received that email. Whether they did or did not, I, it really doesn't matter. That's a very bad way to inform <laughs> someone that we're canceling your reservations. They have my phone number. They could have called. They could have let us know. They could have said, here's what's going on, and I'm sorry, here's what's going to happen. But they didn't do that. We just arrived an hour prior to church, and we're told we can't have our church meeting there. Now, fortunately, the manager, given the fact that the notification of the cancellation was not received, and feeling that it was wrong this whole th this whole situation is it was it was wrong in the first place of them throwing us out but uh, she decided that 
we would be able to have at least our last service there. And the service went on without incident. We had a, a great time. And you can watch our services online at victoryforhickory.tv, victoryforhickory.tv. So here we are, a young church, thrown out on the street, so to speak. Why? Because we're a church that has Christian, conservative values. The things that I've been sharing with you on the radio about the cancel culture, about Antifa and Marxism and these what I call trends that are killing America, toxic trends that are killing America, uh, things that are anti-God, anti-biblical, and anti-American, by the way, these new values, these new normals that are trying to be practiced by these liberal groups, by the left, by, let's call them what they are, Marxist. We as Christians need to be informed of what God has to say about these things. And so this month of May, I've been preparing and preaching messages and putting out flyers about it. Well, these flyers got out into the community and a group of liberals came across them and have made it their mission to destroy our fledgling church, just a new church we started officially on Easter Sunday just a few weeks back. And so here we are thrown out, not knowing what we'll do, uh, exactly where we'll meet next. But I do know this, that we will find a place to meet, whether it's under a tree, whether it's in a parking lot. I don't know. But we will meet, and we'll continue to preach the book. We'll continue to worship our God. If anything, this has resolved us to be more determined in our mission to preach truth and to evangelize our community. Now, I suspect that perhaps there are those that were involved in us being booted out that might even be listening to this broadcast here today. And I want to say to you, I don't hate you. I don't hate you at all. I believe the hate's on the other shoe, but let's put that aside for a moment. I want to say simply this. We love you, and we want the love of Jesus Christ to reign in your heart. And to realize that these issues that we have a division about, difference of opinion, our opinions are based upon a absolute truth. It's called the Holy Bible. And we believe it to be absolutely true. We believe there to be an absolute God who says certain things are right and certain things are wrong. Certain things are condemned and certain things are, are, are approved and loved. And there's values that, uh, that you are desiring to live in that are in opposition to God's ways. And that makes you not an enemy with me, but an enemy with God. You're at enmity with God. Because you can't fight God personally, you've taken your fight to us. But I want you to know we love you, and God loves you. And we would, would hope that we might be able to sit down at a table someday and to be able to speak about our differences and to maybe come to some understanding of the truth of God and the truth of the Bible and the truth about these certain issues that are facing our world today. What got them upset? 
is a flyer that I printed. On it, we put there, you know, toxic trends that are killing America. Pretty nice graphic that we put out there. I thought uh, probably one of the best that I've done, actually. And underneath it, we put certain topics out there that are very uh, divisive and issues that are a problem in our society today. Things like same-sex, about sexual identity, sexual orientations, things like cancel culture, things like Antifa, things like racism, Black Lives Matter, defund police, shut down, you know, and, and all these different things there. What does the Bible have to say about these things? And so that's what we've been preparing to say and teach. Now, these trends, these things that are going on in our nation, like Antifa and Black Lives Ladder and the cancel culture and common core curriculum and defund police and sexual orientation and gender identity and all these things there, these are matters that are quite counter to biblical teachings. And as Christians, we need to be informed about what God has to say about these things. And I want to say that God tells us, no matter what division we may have with other people, we're to speak the truth, but to speak it with love. We're not to be angry and mean and nasty and caustic and and, and hateful in it. We have to deliver a message that tells people they're wrong. But you don't have to be mean in the manner in which you, you tell them that. There's a lot of things out there that's wrong in our world, but we don't have to be mean and nasty in the way that we communicate it. But, um, but nevertheless, we should still speak about it. We should still say, this is what God says. We'll be better off if we follow God's way. And that's what we choose to do. Now, many preachers out there are afraid to touch these things. In fact, as I say it many times, I've spoken of it many times, but I think it's very relevant that uh, the survey that Bar- uh, that Barna did here eight, ten years ago now uh, asked pastors across America, a number of them uh, responded in, in the poll, and they were asked, does the Bible speak to the political controversial issues of our day? Same-sex marriage, um, abortion, uh, gender identity, and, and, and Islam, and other, other issues that were quite divisive and controversial. Does the Bible speak to it? Nine out of ten pastors said, yes, it does. Then they were asked, how many of you preach about it? One out of ten. Only one out of ten. Only one out of ten. And so it's a, it's a big concern that a lot of our flock, a lot of, a lot of churches out there don't have shepherds that are guiding their flocks on these issues. Well, these people have made accusations, well, we're bigots. Well, I guess if you disagree with a liberal, therefore you're, you're automatically a bigot. If you speak about racism and you're white, you must be a racist because that's what they're being taught today under critical race theory, which we covered here, uh, I think, last week. And so um, these people have been taught that uh, Christians are bigots, that they're racist. And so therefore, if they talk about these things, they must be uh, promoting racism and promote promoting bigotry and, and and all that type of stuff and therefore the name calling goes the threats and that's what cancel culture is all about the cancel culture is to cancel out people's speech those who do not speak with the with the subject matter and the agreement of what they agree with then they're going to use tactics of fear 
to intimidate, to shut you down. And that's exactly what they did to the hotel. Now, please, I don't want any of our listeners and anyone trying to contact these hotels and say you were wrong for what they are. They were wrong. They gave in to the bullies, and the bullies won this battle. But I'm here to tell you the war is not over. This church is going to continue. In fact, if anything, it's probably going to help us because there's going to be publicity that we'll get at what they, because of what they've done. And I imagine here in the South, even though we have a small group of liberals who are determined to, uh, to bring our destruction, there'll be many that will seek to see that we have a stronghold. And so who knows what will happen? I believe God, uh, in Genesis chapter 50, uh, we have this wonderful passage. Remember, Hebrew boys had thrown their brother in the pit, and Joseph was uh, you know, sold off into slavery and, and all the un- misfortune that happened to him. But then he rose up into great leadership in Egypt, and he was able to save his family, his brothers. And he said to his brothers, you meant it for evil. What you did to me, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. To those of you out there who might be listening, who were involved in trying to get our church kicked out of the hotel, well, you exceeded in this round, and what you meant was for evil, but God will probably turn it around for good, and so we're going to watch God and see what he does, and he'll probably make you mad, but but the thing is, is that uh, this is the Lord's church. It's not my church. It's not uh, a church that belongs to the congregation. It's the Lord's church. And we're told that not even the gates of hell can destroy it. It will prevail. And we will meet, I don't know, in a parking lot, under a tree. Who knows where we'll meet? I hope maybe one day I'll be able to meet with some of those out there. And I'll be meeting you as my friend, not as my enemy. uh, Because you're not my enemy. Although you might think God, uh, you're, at enemy, you're an enemy with God, but God also loves you, and he's made provision for all men to be saved. And that's the kind of God that I love and that I have as my Lord and Savior. And I hope that you'll get to know him too. And so, folks, I appreciate your prayers for our little church and our challenges that are going to be ahead for us. Pray that God would give us uh, wisdom and direction in where to turn next. But we're going to continue on. We're not going to be intimidated by the bullies. And so if this ever happens your way, I'll lift you up in prayer. Well, it's me back again now, folks. Uh, Now I want to read some passages on this subject and make a few comments. Paul told the saints in Rome how to respond to persecution when he said, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. That's in Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. This is a hard thing to do, but it's how we should respond. Those who did this are blinded by Satan, and we should pray that God will lift the veil from their eyes that they might come to salvation. Jesus himself said something similar to this in Matthew chapter 5, where he said, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, 
and persecute you, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Folks, we're supposed to act like children of God. We're to respond in a way that's different from our natural way of responding or the way of the world. God allows his blessings to fall on the evil as well as on the good, and we should follow his example. As Christians, we should expect to be hated by this world. As a matter of fact, if everyone speaks well of us, there's a problem with our Christianity, with the way we're living our lives. Uh, Jesus said, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. The world is blinded by Satan, who is the god of this world, and they live in darkness. Righteousness is their enemy because it tells them how they are to live. It will cost us something to stand up for righteousness, and we need to realize that it's going to, there's a cost, but the cost pays off in the end. Uh, listen to what, uh, what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. But if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. We should expect persecution and suffering to come, but when it does, we're not to fear. We're not to be troubled. When we are faithful in trials, we're laying up treasures in heaven, and we will see them someday. Again, listen to what Peter had to say in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through, uh, through 16. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of, of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Folks, we're to make sure that our suffering and persecution is for our faithfulness to God, and not for some evil thing that we have done. Our lives should stand out from the world and show them that there's something different about being a Christian. When our suffering is for righteousness, we should never be ashamed, but we should glorify God because of it. That's because of the suffering. Christ is evil spoken of by the world, but he is glorified in our lives when we are faithful Christians doing what we ought to do. Now listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. It may be hard to see at the time, but the persecutions that come for standing for righteousness are a blessing. 
as I said before, we are laying up reward in heaven. We should rejoice, think about that, and be exceeding glad because of these things. We should have an attitude that is totally different from the world. In Luke chapter 6, verses 22 through 23, Jesus said, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. Behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Our Lord knew that we would suffer if we faithfully stood for righteousness. For this reason he repeatedly told us that we are blessed when we are counted worthy to suffer for his sake. This time we are told to rejoice when the day of persecution comes, and to leap for joy because our reward will be great in heaven. Our attitude should be totally different than what it is oftentimes. When the persecution comes, we're told over and over again to rejoice. We're told to be exceeding glad. We're told to jump for joy. Is that the way we want to respond? No, but it's the way we are supposed to respond when persecution comes. We should look at what's happened and say, okay, Lord, we're glad that we are uh, counted worthy to suffer for your sake. We were warned that this would happen. I sometimes wonder if we use this next verse in our soul winning efforts, what effect it would have on people. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, Paul told Timothy, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not might, but shall. This verse tells us that something is wrong with our lives if we do not suffer persecution. Now, in America so far, the persecution has been very, very light. But if the Bible is true, I can assure you that it's going to get worse and probably get worse very soon. We see it happening already because of what's happened over the last year and the, the fact that the uh, ungodly left has taken over our government, uh, in most parts of our government anyway, and it's trying to uh, make Christianity uh, the outcast religion. Oh, Islam is good and Christianity is bad. Christianity doesn't kill people and Islam does. So that's calling good evil and evil good. And uh, it's what we are to expect in these last days. Remember that as soon as we get saved, we no longer belong to this world. We're now children and citizens of heaven. We're children of God and citizens of heaven. And we should keep that in mind, that our citizenship is not here. We're just pilgrims passing through this world. Listen to what it says in John chapter 15, verses 19 through 20. If ye were of the world, the world would love its own. Because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Some very important things we learn from this passage of Scripture. First of all, we need to remember that we're not greater than our Lord. He was persecuted because he stood for righteousness. He was persecuted and died on the cross. 
and he was willing to do that because he loved the world enough to die for every man, woman, and child if they would just repent and turn to God and trust in Christ for their salvation. So uh, we can't expect any less. Uh, we, we are not greater than the Lord, and the world hated him. Why should we expect the world to love us? Uh, you know, it said in the verse earlier, if all men speak well of you, if everybody thinks you're just the greatest thing since sliced bread, like they have some evangelists uh, that I've mentioned in the past, uh, then something's dreadfully wrong. We should expect the same thing that Jesus faced. I think the best summary of what I'm trying to communicate is found at the end of this passage. It says if they will persecute him, they're also going to persecute us. So we should expect that. And it also says, and this is very important, if they won't keep what he said or follow what he said, then how should we expect them to follow what we say? He, they won't like what we say when we tell them they're to get away from their sin and, and live like godly people and, and uh, uh, not think that they can change their gender just because they think they can change their gender or they can't kill babies in the womb just because that baby is an inconvenience to them. Uh, things like this. They can't uh, stand uh, up and say, okay, so homosexuality is right and natural. Uh, it's not right and natural. It's an abomination before God. And we can't expect them to like those kinds of statements. And, and we make a big mistake when we think we can. In all my years in the ministry, I found out something that's very important. If you preach the truth without apology, those who truly love our Lord will love to hear it. The religious leaders won't always like it, but the people will, those who love the Lord and want to follow him. It's our responsibility to be what we should be and have a proper testimony in this in this lost world. We're to care enough to tell the truth, even if it might make them mad. Today, and I've said this over and over again on this broadcast, but today it seems, seems like the worst sin that a person can commit is the sin of offending somebody else. But folks, the Word of God is offensive to the lost world. You cannot preach the Word of God faithfully and not offend the lost world. And what's happened with Victory Baptist Church, uh, what happened last Sunday, is the result of that offense. And it's what we should expect. We should not be surprised. Now, I am totally convinced that God's going to work this out for our good. I am. And as we uh, go through this trial, if we'll stand faithful, God will be faithful on his part. And uh, we at Victory Baptist Church have made the decision. We're going to remain faithful to God and to his precepts no matter what. We will love our enemies and we will remember that they are not really our enemies. They are God's enemies. He's the one they're offending. He's the one they're standing against. We will do what's right. We will trust our God to work all of this out for good. After all, we like to talk about Romans 8.28, which says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his uh, purpose. And folks, it's important that we understand what that verse is really saying. It says all things will work 
together for good. It does not say all things are good. Persecution works for good. Trials and tribulations work for good. They are not good in and of themselves, but they work for good. To whom? To everybody? No. To those that love God and to those who are following his purpose. They're called according to his purpose. Those who are being faithful to him in all things, those are the ones that are promised that all things will work out uh, uh, for good. They are not good, all things, but they will work together and produce good in the end. Even if it comes to the point where we're uh, beaten up or shot or imprisoned or any of that type of thing for our stand, it will ultimately work out to good both for us and for the cause of Christ if we will remain faithful in all things. And there's nothing more that we want at Victory Baptist Church than to be faithful. So folks, whatever happens in this, don't get angry at the bad guys. Love them, pray for them, pray that God will lift the blinders off of them and they will be able to see their error and to make the necessary corrections and come to Christ for salvation. Well folks, that's all the time I have today. Talk to you again next week. You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Baptist heritage, and the family. To find out more, go to our website, solidfoundationministries.com, or call 828-244-6505. Remember, the Christian life is not about you. It's about God receiving the glory.